Hello everybody. I launched Baby Magic Granny Sense in August 2021 and we're almost into 2023 now. January 2023 I'm starting my traditional birth attendant seminar. Throw me a shout if you're interested. It's going to be amazing. Season 5 was about mostly about birth stories from real women. I chatted to a lot of women and I managed to upload some of those stories onto that. Season 6 is also looking interesting. I've got some chats with midwives, birth keepers, ultra runners and mamas. Our next episode coming up, the first episode of season 6, I'm chatting with the traveling birth keeper who basically the name says it all. Listen up, spread the love. Hello everyone. Today I'm speaking with Kirsten, who is uh, known as the traveling birth keeper. Um, Kirsten, would you mind introducing yourself to everyone? Hi, everybody. Uh, yeah, I'm Kirsten. I am, um, I would say, fairly new in the birth world. I have a daughter who's one year old, and uh, my journey through pregnancy and birth with her is what... Um, enlightened me to continue with uh, my path through the birth world. And um, I'm really happy to talk about birth with anybody who is um, interested to hear it. And especially those who are like-minded. Um, Rivka here has um, got a really beautiful sense of uh, birth. And so, yeah, I'm very happy to be here to speak with her and share with you. So um, I think you already answered my question, what drew you to birth work? Obviously, um, you know, having a, having a powerful and uh, transformative birth experience is definitely one of the reasons why people jump into this work. Your experience was a little, um, I would say it's not really typical. It's, um, yeah, it's not really typical. So just broad outlines how how it all happened you don't have to give detailed birth stories here but maybe just broad broad outlines what what really drew you to this and how it drew you well my experience began 3 days before setting sail on an open ended sailing voyage um headed towards the south pacific from hawaii hawaii had been home base and um i my husband and i we're casually, you know, toying with having a baby and just didn't expect for us to conceive immediately. Um, I was 36 at the time I conceived and yeah, I just kind of thought it might take a minute. So uh, we were preparing for this voyage and uh, lo and behold, um, I conceived on the solstice in December and we left the first week of January to sail to the South Pacific. So um, I had only enough time to buy prenatal vitamins and then just go for a ride. And uh, so my entire pregnancy was in remote island groups. And um, there were occasional visits to village nurses um, who had um, you know, we got to hear the heartbeat with a handheld Doppler. Um, I think it was around 20 weeks. And um, beyond that, I would just, you know, pop into a village nurses occasionally and just 
um, check my blood pressure. I had a couple times where I felt a little dizzy, lightheaded. And um, yeah, it was a very low key pregnancy. And I really enjoyed that part of it, that I was so far removed from the typical experience that most uh, women in the Western world are um, having through their pregnancies. Um, So it really allowed me to stay really in tune with my body. And even though I was very far away from what most people would consider proper medical attention or care or availability, um, I wasn't concerned because I felt so in tune with my body and I felt confident throughout the whole pregnancy. And um, then arriving in Fiji where my daughter was born, um, I had envisioned finding an elder wise woman um, to accompany me through my labor journey. And um, obviously a home birth. I mean, we even considered having the baby on the boat and, um, but, um, things aligned where we found, uh, a rental property, um, that was offered to us for a whole month. So I got to have the end of my pregnancy and my immediate postpartum on land. And, um, we did find somebody to attend the birth, but it was after a lot of searching high and low, far and wide, Um, and a lot of people asking me why on earth would I want to birth outside of the hospital? And, um, I was really unexpected for me to, um, encounter that. I, I had fully expected like, oh, we're going to a place that is less developed and, um, village lifestyle family is very important. And, you know, birth is a big part of family. Um, so yeah, I was very struck that, um, it was such a challenge to find the support that I wanted and, um, having been really persistent to find that support and, um, and then having a beautiful birth experience, um, it just really opened me up to realize that, how important it is for a woman to have the birth experience she wants. And uh, maybe it's my stubborn Aries in me that uh, kept me from, uh, you know, kept me on the search to be able to fulfill my, the birth of how I wanted it. Um, But yeah, I, I want to, as a birth keeper, support women and let them know that regardless of what they're, birth dream is that it's possible. And, um, I would love to be able to facilitate, um, more women being able to birth the way that they want to, um, wherever they are in the world and whatever they're doing at that time. That's, uh, that's, that's really interesting and, um, and very inspiring. Um, I have two questions that come out of what you just, uh, what you just described to us. One of them is, um, when you said that you found the support that you wanted, how would you describe that support? What kind of support did you personally want for this journey? I just wanted witnessing and reassurance. I didn't want anybody telling me what to do or coaching me in any way. 
um, based on my pregnancy being so self-directed, I wouldn't call it a, a wild pregnancy. Um, I did at the end actually get an ultrasound um, kind of to not necessarily appease the midwife, but just um, they just wanted to know what they were getting themselves into <laughs> because the hospital system in Fiji is very um, lacking. And um, yeah, just to kind of make everybody happy, I did do that. Um, but other than that, you know, the support I wanted was just for somebody to who is experienced um, with birth and who has birthed many children herself and has um, the, the woman who attended me, she had actually um, been present for the births of maybe three quarters of the adults on the island. Uh, so oh, that's great. Very wise woman, indeed. And um, she's all I wanted there. And she had concerns that she was retired and did not carry a license anymore. And I told her, that's perfect. That's fine. I don't need your license. I just want your wisdom. And... Um, but uh, it made her more comfortable to round up a licensed midwife to um, also be in attendance, um, which was fine with me. I wanted everybody to be comfortable. I wanted everyone to be uh, feeling confident going into the birth. And um, yeah, we got there. Um, but again, it took a lot of um, a lot of searching and a lot of um you know, things coming together at the very last minute. Um, the licensed midwife came into the picture when I was 39 weeks and, um, island life is so casual that, uh, you never know if someone is actually going to be available, um, when, when you need them or when you want them. And, uh, so my husband and I were prepared to free birth if we needed to, um, I think was the wise thing to do. And I think more women should make, take that preparation, um, in their own hands. And, um, so then, yeah, we got the support we wanted. Um, and you know what? I completely forgot the second question I was going to ask you. So that doesn't <laughs> matter. I've got lots of others. I rambled. Um, how would you compare sailing to boating? Oh, wow. It's a surrender. It's um, so much is out of your control. Um, we lived on the ocean for about 11 years. And um, during that time sailed, I think, around at least 40,000 nautical miles crossing the Pacific Ocean, I think five or six times or more. And um so during those long stretches, when you are essentially on your own, you've done all the preparation that you needed to be able to trust your boat and to, you know, just prepare mentally and physically to know that like I'm on my own and um, I can relax and use my instincts and my awareness to keep myself safe. And uh, the birth journey is so similar. Um, the preparation during pregnancy, um, it's, a, I think, a gift that our gestation is so long because it does take time to get to where you need to be, um, whether that's strictly 
um, physically, emotionally, or mentally, um, any one of those things could take that long, but it's the full package. You want to have um, a, a good solid mindset. Um, I had an Instagram post about this that I can't remember exactly what I said, but it was, you know, like when you set out on the ocean, you need to tune your rigging. Um, and that's, you know, kind of setting your mindset and you need to mend your sails. And that would be like, you know, getting physically ready and uh, you need to clean your bilges and that's digging deep and doing the the shadow work to uh, just acknowledge fears and figure out where they're coming from and accept them. And uh, the same processes happen when you're preparing to cross an ocean. Um, and the time that you're out there, um, there's a lot of time for introspection. And I think the time the while you're laboring, um, if you're in an undisturbed environment, um, you have a lot of time to really go deep within yourself. So I did remember the other question, and it's it's very it's something that that that's very concerning to me and informs why I do what I do. And you said that, and I agree with you. You said that um, with enough preparation and and self education and and knowledge, a woman can um, at least put herself in 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 the right position to to have the birth that she is dreaming of. And I know that that's not quoting you exactly, but basically you and I know that that's more or less true unless something comes in from the absolute ozone and, you know, um, creates a different path. But I find it sad that um, it's actually now easier to do that if you're planning on either a free birth or birthing with a um, someone that works outside of the hospital system because as soon as you go into the hospital system or the registered midwife system, you're already laboring in an institution that has n that does not have your dreams, um, even not even in the center, even in the periphery of their focus. So a woman who wants to go into the hospital and give birth, I don't want to question people's reasons for wanting things. And I've seen because I used to run a volunteer doula organization here, so we, we would have people coming in from the most, most horrific situations. And and many of them really wanted to go into the hospital because they didn't have hospitals, and they just wanted to be somewhere clean and, and peaceful. And, and you know, even, even a hospital birth should be able to be woman-centered and kind and undisturbed, and they're just not. So, so it's... It's sad to me that that we can say that that we can prepare, but then many, 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 many women out there think that they're preparing to go into the hospital. They hire a doula, they do all the things, and then you know you hear the stories or you witness the the really difficult experiences that they end up going through. So, yeah, just uh, that does inform my 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 belief in in what we're doing yeah i i agree i i feel like the more personalities and the more different energies surrounding your birth um it can only take away from your experience and and being in tune with your body and achieving the the goal of having a 
a beautiful, uplifting, transformative birth experience. Um, when you enter a hospital system, you have so many other personalities. And, you know, we talk about you know, things that you can't control um, in a natural sense, but, you know, things you can't control in the hospital are other people's baggage and what yeah. they're bringing into your birth space. And Absolutely. I think that they're doing something based on your best interest and thinking that they're doing the best thing for their version of the most positive outcome, healthy baby. And, um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of, um, the hospitals have a lot to work towards, um, in terms of their staff getting the support that they need. Um, because I think yeah. a lot of hospital staff have a lot of birth trauma that they witness that they don't get to process and it ends up being brought with them to the next birth that they experience. And that next birth might be a woman who is intending to birth physiologically without intervention. And if they see something funny on a tracing or they, um, just think something's wrong, then it becomes really hard for them to not step in. Um, yeah. Interestingly enough, um, I have only been interested in supporting um, out-of-hospital births. Um, but since the last time we spoke, my life plans have changed and I'm actually moving back to Maui. And Maui only has one hospital. I'll be living on the side of the island which does not have the hospital. So to get from a home birth, if you needed to transfer, you would be looking at about an hour's drive. And most of my close friends, many of whom are having babies, are on that side of the island. And um, so I've decided, um, at least initially for people I know, that I, I am going to attend hospital births um, because I want to support women and especially women who are close to me. Um, and so we'll see how it goes. Um, I've the only hospital birth I'd ever attended was 14 years ago, um, before I knew anything about birth. And, um, in my uneducated on birth, um, viewpoint, it was a beautiful birth. Everything was fine. And, um, but the the mom who was my best friend, um, she was under a heavy epidural. She was practically unconscious. Like I remember trying to, you know, just be there with her, and I'm just watching like her eyes rolling in the back of her head. Like she was not with it. And when it came time to birth her baby, you know, she couldn't feel anything. And so in retrospect, she was very disconnected from that birth. Um, but um, she's gone on to have a home birth and then a subsequent free birth. Um, because she also recognized how disconnected she was from that experience. Um, but you know, that was my only hospital birth experience and it wasn't traumatic. There wasn't any interventions. It was a vaginal birth. Um, but just, you know, a heavily sedated, um, medical birth, uh, vaginal birth. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, going to be doing a lot of my own um, inner work to support women in the hospital um, without 
trying to convince them to have a home birth. Um, it's it's going to be a challenge, um, but I'm looking forward to um, to taking that on. And I think it'll be really good for me to um, to really practice what um, what I believe. And that is, you know, just not bringing any of your own um, history or story or biases to another woman's birth. And um, yeah, so looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a challenge. <laughs> I, I, um, I look at my... Uh my the students that i that i taught and the the doulas that i that i serve as mentor for and all the doulas out there in our in our city who are working in the hospitals and i admire them so much it's such a challenging job yeah we'll see how long i last um yeah i i will always be um you know trying to do my best to attract my ideal client which is a woman yeah. taking full responsibility for every aspect of everything happening in her life from her personal health and pregnancy to her relationships and um um yeah so it'll be uh it'll be a whole different experience for me yeah. i'm sure and um if i get to a point where i'm not comfortable in the hospital setting then i will step back from that um but i just feel that at this point going to where I will be and with the, um, the women in my life there. Um, I, I feel like it would, I would, I would feel bad at telling somebody that, Oh, I'm not going to support you only because you're in the hospital. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm lucky cause I have my, my people around. So if someone uh, contacts me just for doula work in a hospital, then I can always, refer them to my lovely groups so. yeah and that is something that I will probably do in the future I'm I'm mostly thinking of my they're my sisters you know the the women yeah. of my life who who are really close to me um who are all really happy that I'm coming back to Maui because they're either pregnant or planning to conceive nice. so so what was the most challenging experience you had as a sailor um I did a um it wasn't a solo trip. I, I sailed without my husband um, from Tahiti to Maui. Um, I had with me an 18-year-old who wanted to learn how to sail. So I was I was basically on my own in terms of calling all the shots and, um, and running the boat. And um, at times I wished I was on my own because I felt, wow, I'm actually responsible for somebody else's kid out here I mean he was a very wise for his years 18 year old um but uh that was by far my most challenging experience uh, mostly because I was the sole decision maker and had didn't have my partner there to you know bounce ideas off of and that reassurance and that's um you know I guess he was kind of like my my sailing midwife <laughs> because I would, you know, I was the navigator in our sailing life. Um, he was our vessel engineer and we co-captain. Uh, when there's only two people on a boat, whoever's awake is the captain. And um, oftentimes the other person is asleep um, or just resting or eating. And so whoever is on watch, you'd call it, um, we would call the captain. Um, but I was always the navigator. And, um, but 
my my husband was typically on the boat to um, for me to bounce ideas off of and uh, and just for that reassurance. So with doing, I I consider that passage without him on board is like my version of a, a sailing free birth uh, where I was just totally on my own. I'd only had a very inexperienced person with me. And um, it was mentally challenging. It was physically challenging too. It was a long trip, and um, and there's uh, that definitely is one of the things that made me realize in retrospect after birthing that uh, wow, there's so many similarities between sailing and pregnancy and birth. I just had this image of the metaphor going going wrong where, you know, you get one of those crazy births. And it's not just a hospital birth. I've seen births like that with the registered midwives when they have the midwife and the second midwife and the midwifery student and the uh, midwifery assistant and, you know, um, who knows who. And there's so many people in the room. I can just imagine being on a reasonably small sailboat with like 15 people on it. It, it would be definitely, <laughs> definitely crowded. Yeah, and there's a saying, you know, too many captains um, on a boat and, yeah. and things uh, are challenging. Um, yeah. And um, the energy on a boat is amplified, uh, the same as the energy in a birth room is amplified. Um, there's nowhere to go, nowhere to leave. If you have a, um, you know, abrasive interaction with somebody or somebody is scared, like everything is palpable. Yeah. Um, you're just surrounded by expansive ocean and there's no outside distractions. And um, so you really have yourself to acknowledge and deal with and work through. And then, you know, these other personalities around you. So, yeah, it's very similar to being in the birth room. You want to have people on that boat in the middle of the ocean who you trust and who each of you have each other's best interest in mind. Mm, that is a lovely metaphor. I I assisted someone a couple of years. I guess her baby's about yeah, a year and a half. Um, and her and her husband are free divers, and uh, they they also drew a lot from the um, free diving experience for the birth experience. It's it's obviously not the same as sailing, but it's the same type of experience where you know you're going you're going deep. And you're pretty much on your own. Mm, yes, I agree. Um, my husband and I free dive a lot as well. Um, on our remote sailing journeys, we um, typically rely on free diving and spearfishing to nourish ourselves. And um, free diving has become my favorite meditation. Um, you just get really quiet. The, uh, the less energy you expend and your brain uses the most energy. So the more you quiet your brain and quiet your body, um, the longer you can stay underwater. And um, I actually used a lot of the um, free diving techniques uh, for oxygenating your body um, during my labor. Um, mm -hmm. Every time during a surge, I would imagine, you know, as I'm breathing in, you can't really do belly breaths when you're that pregnant because your diaphragm has nowhere to go. Um, but just imagining um, all of my oxygenated blood oxygenating my uterus and keeping my uterus toned 
and um, and then yeah, every breath out would be opening and relaxing and softening, um, but just very intentional breathing, um, which during free diving practice um, and training, um, that's what um, can help you go um, get really relaxed and. So what do you think about this wave of women who are reclaiming uh, their reproductive lives, especially the way that they choose to birth? What do you think? Why do you think this is happening now? I'm loving it, um, but I'm interested in what you think is the the root. Why why is it happening? Um, do you think it's going to continue? Is it going to be a snowball effect? What's your What's your opinion on the matter? I'm absolutely loving it as well. And I do think it's going to continue. And I think that um, social media now is, uh, is very helpful in that continuing. Um, so many women are seeing the possibilities, the options, that there are options. And so many women had no idea. And prior to COVID, especially, I think, you know, during COVID, the idea of birthing alone in the hospital without your partner, without anybody just terrified a lot of women. And they were more afraid of birthing alone in the hospital than they were at home um, with a midwife or, or unassisted. And um, so I think that kind of a little bit kickstarted things. I know you've been around birth much longer than I have. And so in your opinion, it, it's, I'm sure it started before all of that, but I think there's a, a second wave, um, however small it was, um, of women who chose out of hospital birth um, during the last couple of years. And all of those women's experiences, um, I wouldn't say all, but most <laughs> were, were likely very positive. And, you know, for every time somebody has a positive birth experience, I know like I couldn't stop talking about it. And I think um, that's what we need. <laughs> we need more women having positive birth experiences and sharing those experiences. And you can go on YouTube now and find so many birth videos. You can find so many podcasts sharing positive birth stories. And, um, you know, of course, there's always going to be that person who you probably don't even know at the grocery store who asks you about your baby. And if you mention free birth or home birth, they're gonna, you know, try and tell you a horror story. Um, but I think that as we move forward through this, I mean, it, it feels like a a big push in the right direction. And as it continues, um, my prayer is that the, the negative stories are uh, not given as much, uh, not attention, but, um, right. you know, have, yeah, like, I mean, we have hospitals for when those emergencies happen. Yeah. So it's like, you don't need to put so much weight on the negativity because we are so blessed that we live in the day and age where the emergency services are there. If something becomes emergent nine times out of 10 birth is not going to become emergent, especially if you have been in tune with your body 
through the pregnancy and you have your needs met and you feel supported, um, that goes so much farther than showing up for, you know, tests and exams and, um, yeah, I think uh, there's a lot more um, mindfulness happening now and I really hope that continues it's a beautiful thing and I feel so blessed to be joining the birth world um, at this time and um, my my work while sailing I was always a a charter boat captain and uh, my husband and I actually started a sailing co-op and our intention was always to you know kind of raise people's awareness of our impact on the earth and because we would see it, you know, going to far, far away places where there isn't a grocery store, but there's still plastic pollution. And um, my experience with my birth, you know, the moments after my daughter was born, I just thought, wow, you know, if more babies could be born like this, like the world would be a better place. And the more I sat with that and let it really sink in, I realized that, you know, a, a conscious lifestyle and awareness of the people around you and the planet that we're on, it starts with birth. And so, yeah, I've gone from trying to be a, a conscious sailboat captain, um, showing people the impact we have on the world to being a conscious birth keeper and bringing life into the world um, in a peaceful manner. And um, yeah, I think the families who experience those births, they are the ones who are going to raise their kids with so a deeper reverence and have just an, an overall deeper reverence for life and our planet. And I think that's how we're going to, uh, to bring peace to earth. <laughs> I don't know. That's probably a little, a little too much to say right now, but, um, but yeah, I think every baby born peacefully helps helps the overall vibration on our planet. I absolutely agree. Peace on Earth begins with birth. I mean, I wouldn't go so far as to agree with uh, Michel Audin, who said that um, cesarean rates equal um, murder rates. That's, that's really guilting out any of us who have been, you know, bullied into submission by the hospitals. But but I do believe that um, that peace on earth begins with birth, and women and children are going to be so powerful um, if they're just left alone to birth in their in their power. And uh, of course, you know there are certain um, powers that be that don't really want that. So there's a little bit of a, you know, we're doing something definitely radical here. Um, and I think if we're conscious of that, then then it makes it a little easier. Then we don't go crying to, you know, the the establishment with our with our needs. And I'm not saying not to go to the hospital. What I'm saying is, um, um, it, for example, I was just talking to one of the women that's in the the, the cohort of the traditional birth a, a attendant um, circle that I'm doing for the coming year and. Uh, we were talking about legalities and like if you don't want to get busted then don't do illegal stuff and if it's illegal to do a vaginal exam which I consider to be rude anyway 
and don't do vaginal exams. So I think I think a traditional birth attendant or whatever we decide to call it, a birth keeper or whatever, if they go the, the, the route of the registered midwives, that's that's definitely not the right road. We need to regain and re retain our, our old knowledge of, of of what we have always done for, for women and with women. So yeah, I agree with you completely. Peace is a big word, but it's the word that we need. Peace and love. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, my route will certainly not include licensure and I I want to serve women and their families foremost. And the moment you have a license attached to um what you're doing, you're you're now beholden to that licensing, um, that license and yeah. and the rules that come along with it. And uh, yeah, I know you know how that is. So yeah, I think it's a, it's really beautiful that, that more women and families are choosing to, to birth in their own power, um, regardless of, you know, what they're told is best. Um, because really only you know what's best for yourself and for your baby. So I'm going to ask you a final, my final question, which I ask everyone, which is what, if you only had one word to tell everyone, what word are you going to leave our listeners with today? Hmm. Um, I will say to... Hmm. You know, believe in yourself, believe that you are capable. Um, yeah, I mean, our beliefs are what we hold important to us and dear to us, and that we should, you know, really stick to them. Like, you, you know. Like what I just said, you know what is best for you. You know what you want. And uh, I want women to truly believe that they can achieve what they want. And yeah, just don't don't ever stop believing. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kirsten. My pleasure. I'm uh, happy to have spent this time with you and uh, I look forward to future chats with you because this is definitely always an evolving subject and uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing both where our paths go and hopefully meeting in person sometime. Absolutely. Well, I'm going nomad January um, 2023, so um, I have a lovely midwife friend on Maui, so I'll definitely look you up. Um, just for our listeners, I'm going to put in the show notes um, ways to get in touch with Kirsten. I met her on Instagram, so it will probably be that. And um, yeah, keep on keeping on. Spread the love and have a wonderful rest of the day and the week. Thank you. You as well. <laughs>